everything that happens in our life is neither good nor bad. That's the label we put on to it at that moment based on our own perception of what that means. And I can give you examples after examples. The easiest thing is, I'm sure you and I probably can recall the first time we had, we had a breakup with a girl that we thought we were in love. That was the end of life. There could be any worse thing that could have happened to us. And we look back to them and say, what a nightmare avoided. <laughs> <laughs> and point is, you know, there is everything that happens in the life at the moment looks like the worst thing that happens. And you look back 10 years from now and you actually realize that it was the best thing that happened that either taught us or put us in a different path that actually made us who we become. You know, every divorce is a beginning to something new, right? And you never know what new thing is until you realize that, oh my God, why was I even trapped into something like this? My point I'm trying to make is that believe that universe is your friend. That's a concept. Universe is my friend. And that means everything that's happening to me is in my best interest because universe is looking out for me. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth. Y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state. We scrape the plate. Chance. Now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests Now let's bring Matt Welcome to the show. Matt Labrie here, your host of the top 1% globally ranked podcast, Decoding Success. You're rocking with us on episode number 247, and today we are going to the moon. Maybe not us, but our guest, who is a man on a mission, an intensely curious entrepreneur and philanthropist who focuses on ideas that push humanity forward. We are joined today by our friend Naveen Jain who is driven to solve the world's biggest of problems and propelled by his imagination to say the absolute least. He pushes big dreams into action, spurring massive cultural and technological change. With an audacious vision, he knows no limits. He's the author of the award-winning book Moonshots, the creator of Mindvalley Masterclass programs. He's behind XPRIZE, a global future positive movement. One of my favorite companies, Viome, he is the founder of, and they are decoding you by sending you at-home testing to sample your blood and stool providing you with personalized supplements, a dietary plan that lets you know what works for you and what doesn't. He's a father. He's a family man. The list goes on about all that Naveen does. And I want to point something out because in this episode, we dive into an array of topics. One really stood out to me. It's very evident that Naveen pursues very grandiose ideas that really change the world. That is his goal. That is what he's shooting for. He's shooting for the moon. Like I had mentioned, he is a man on a mission. But to the point of shooting to the moon or shooting for the moon, to be able to do that, he credits that to surrounding himself with the right people. To be able to pursue becoming an author, running numerous companies, being a family man, he has to have a team that's there to support him. In fact, being able to pursue such grandiose ideas in numerous different verticals, he has to be able to surround himself with experts in each of those fields if he's not an expert in that field himself. And that stands true for all of us. I know that you right now listening to this, just like myself, you're a high performer. Whether you're a busy professional, an entrepreneur, a creator, a podcaster, a vlogger for YouTube, a content creator on TikTok, whatever it is that you may be, you want the absolute most out of what life has to offer. You too are shooting for the moon in your own life. But to be able to do that, it is so true. We really need a team. We can't do it by ourselves. And when we try, we only get so far. The reason I can share that is because I too 
to have been there. In fact, there's actually the quote that's out there that goes something along the lines of, go alone if you want to go fast, go together if you want to go far. Now, I wanted to test that quote in my own life, and I tried going fast, 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 and I realized that every time I went fast and alone, I would always hit a roadblock, and to be honest, sometimes I never got over or around or under that roadblock until I had a team. Now, I want to introduce you to something. I have a very good friend, Valerie Chapunsky. She served as the chief of staff to numerous A-list celebrities, high-profile people with even higher net worths. She's learned so much throughout that process, and what she wanted to do is help people just like us, me and you, even herself. She, too, is a high performer, so she started a company called Chatterboss, which is a one-stop shop for all of your delegating and outsourcing needs. The reason I bring this up is because when you work with Chatterboss, it is a true partnership. You don't just get paired with a team member or an assistant and they say best of luck. It does not work like that at Chatterboss. Like I said, it is a true partnership. When you work with them, they are going to coach you through that partnership. They are a one-stop shop for outsourcing and delegating, so they are going to teach you and coach you through that process. And here's the catch. You don't need everything figured out to work with them. So if you're listening to this and saying, well, Matt, like I don't even know what I need to do to get started. They are going to walk you through the process. They are there to support you. Best part about all of this, being that you're listening to this right now, they are offering a free 30-minute consultation for every Decoding Success member that's listening to this episode. It's an absolutely incredible offer, and you want to know what? I'm not going to stop there because Val is such a good friend of mine. She said, Matt, I want to do something even more than that. I want to offer all of your listeners 15% off if they mention that they heard this here on Decoding Success. So you're not only going to get a free 30-minute consultation, but a 15% off on top of all of that, that is an absolutely incredible offer that I'm really excited to be able to share with each and every one of you. They're trusted by Google executives, Facebook executives, Reddit executives, and so much more. Shout out to Val and the Chatterboss team for offering this. You can take Chatterboss up on this offer by checking them out in the show notes of this episode. So shout out to them. Shout out to my friend Val. And without further ado, we bring to you our friend Naveen Jain. Naveen, welcome to Decoding Success. Super excited to have you here. Your journey, your mission, what you put out into this world is absolutely incredible. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, first of all, I'm just absolutely excited about having this conversation with you. You are a legend and I'm just looking forward to the conversation. I appreciate that. And listen, I mean, I, I jump right into things. and I'm really curious. I have heard you say, and I've seen it on your website, that you want people to imagine a world where we could solve all of mankind's problems. Now, my question to that is, do you think that the world where we are today, is that possible? First of all, you know, if you look at the world, what it was 50 years ago, and you start to look at the world that was 40 years ago and 30 years ago and 20 years ago and 10 years ago, you can see that humanity is making a tremendous progress despite all the negativity that's going on today. And there is a war going on. And you look at that and see number of people who are losing their you know, life in this war. And then you go look back in the history. This will be considered one of the most peaceful time in the human history, right? I mean, old, you know, so my point is, when people talk about that, you know, people are living in poverty, even someone who is in poverty today is substantially better off, even the king of 200 years ago. Mm. My point is, in some sense, the humanity is continuing to make progress. We're no longer dying when we were 22 years old, right? We were now have expected age of 80. And, you know, in terms of child mortality, we have improved the world substantially. So to large extent, you know, we, it's not that our world is perfect today but it is getting better and better. And if we do not provide hope to people that the tomorrow is going to be better than yesterday, 
We're going to have a revolution. We're going to have a set of crimes where people become helpless and hopeless. They start to do things that are completely counter to their own interests, right? People kill themselves because they believe tomorrow is going to be no better than yesterday. So my point is, our job is to give them hope and give them the reasons why tomorrow is going to be so much better than yesterday. And there is a reason for humanity to be excited about it. Now, do you think it's possible for us to make more progress <laughs> if the top minds of this world actually work together on projects versus like, is it possible to ever get to that point? The answer is, you know, there will always be the groups of people that will never become the part of what is good for everyone else, right? So yes, there'll never be this idea of utopia where everybody's going to have this kumbaya and, the, you know, everybody's going to be all together. But if enough of the smart people start to work together rather than be divisive, we can have a better solution. Neither the left nor the right has the right solution. The solution is in the compromise somewhere in the middle where we take care of the people who are, you know, not as blessed as we are, at the same time, not to demonize the people who are successful, because neither one of them is a great recipe for, you know, pushing the humanity forward. Absolutely. Now, for you personally, I'm curious, what was it in your life that came over you, maybe a specific event, maybe a person that said, Naveen, you know, pursue these big problems or pursue, you know, mankind's biggest problems, which is what you're doing. I mean, listen, I have Viome literally right here. I just took my supplements, you know? So like, I'm curious, what was it for you that came over you and said, pursue this? Well, it is, you have this misconception in that in people's life, there is this seminal event that happens and it changes who they are. And it does happen for some people, but moreover, it is really a continuous journey in your life. So when people say it's the last straw that broke the camel's back, any one of us can tell you it's not the last straw. It is all the other straws that were put before that last straw that actually broke the camel's back. Right? Every single day, every interaction we have, it makes us a different person. And that different person one day actually becomes different enough than someone looks back from five years ago and say, oh my God, you have completely changed. For someone who is living with you every day, he said, you are exactly the same person you were five years ago. Right. Was there a specific event for you personally, or maybe it was just the journey? Like you're taking on really big problems is what I'm getting at, right? Like Honestly, it happens when you surround yourself with people who have abundant mindset. When you surround yourself with a group of people who are scarcity mindset, they always tell you, oh, this life just sucks. It will never be better. You can never do that. You came from India. You're not qualified to do that. You, look, you have an accent when you speak. You will never be successful in life. You know, they'll give you every negativity and all they're doing is simply reflecting their belief on you. They're looking in the mirror in themselves and telling you what they believe about themselves, right? But when you surround yourself people who are actually believe in possibilities, they in fact build on your idea. They don't tell you you can't do that. So when I tell people, when you're surrounding yourself with smart people and you say, we're going to go settle on the moon, they don't say God, you're crazy. That will never happen. They say, where are you going to be landing? Are you going to be landing near this? You know, did you think about using the water for this? Have you thought about going in the lunar, uh, you know, under lava tubes on the moon and actually building the, pumping the oxygen there? And they really build on your idea. Then they give you more reason how it can be done rather than saying, this is just an absolutely crazy idea. And only a crazy person would think about that. It's even doable. <laughs> 
Now, I'm curious, what's your advice for the individuals tuned into this to not allow that outside negativity to penetrate them and let that, you know, because it, it happens from our parents, it happens from our teachers, it happens from friendly interactions, right? How do we not let that penetrate us? That's really, really simple. Fall in love with yourself. And falling in love doesn't mean you become self-conceited. All that means is you're not looking for approval from someone else. So the day you fall in love with yourself is the day the world will fall in love with you. So you can tell me I am naive and stupid. And my answer would be, you know what, Matt, that's okay. One day you will get to know me better and your mind will change. Or if I'm really being sarcastic, I would say, you know, I really wish your mom gave you more love than she did because you wouldn't be like this otherwise. What was the day you fell in love with yourself? Do you remember? Well, you know, the interesting thing is from the time I was born, I had this idea of I am different and I am different because I talk differently. I don't speak like you. And as opposed to thinking that's liability to me, that is who I am. And I make that as an asset. So I say, look, if I, be, I spoke just like every other American, guess what? I could be doing my texting and I still hear him and make sense of what he's saying. But guess what? When you are with me, you're not paying 100% of your attention to me. You're not hearing a word I am saying. So you're missing out on everything. So I get all your attention to me. And there are lots of people here. And you have to be unique enough to be on the top of that pyramid because that uniqueness is what makes you who you are. And embrace who you are every which way. People ask me if you could go back and, you know, change one thing. What would you change about life that you lived or the mistakes you made? And my answer to that is absolutely nothing. And here is why. Everything I did, right or wrong, put me on the path to where what I became today. And if I love who I am today, if I changed anything, I would be a different person. And I don't know what that person would look like, right? So point is, you know, everything that happens in our life is neither good nor bad. That's the label we put onto it at that moment based on our own perception of what that means. And I can give you examples after examples. The easiest thing is, I'm sure you and I probably can recall the first time we had, we had a breakup with a girl that we thought we were in love with. Oh, and yeah. we thought that, was, that was the end of life. There could be any worse thing that could have happened to us. And you look back today and say, what a nightmare avoided. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, and point is, you know, there is everything that happens in the life at the moment looks like the worst thing that happens. And you look back 10 years from now. And you actually realize that it was the best thing that happened that either taught us or put us in a different path that actually made us who we become. You know, every divorce is a beginning to something new, right? And you never know what new thing is until you realize that, oh my God, why was I even trapped into something like this? My point I'm trying to make is that believe that universe is your friend. That's a concept. Universe is my friend. And that means everything that's happening to me is in my best interest because universe is looking out for me. Yeah. Now I want to pick your brain on something here. What you did in your life is absolutely incredible going all the way back, right? I mean, you embrace your differences. Now, from a primal perspective, we want to fit in. And from my experience, just personally and from the people around me having conversations like this, a lot of individuals don't embrace their differences. Right. They, they, they want to confine themselves to culture, to society, to certain groups. What's your take there? Agree that you should surround yourself with a certain tribe. 
and the tribe needs that believes in abundance, tribe that believes in solving the problem, tribes that believes everything is possible. And it doesn't matter they are white or black or brown. It doesn't matter they are big or small or man or woman. It doesn't matter who they are. So my point is we all want a tribe. But you get to create a tribe that is not based on culture. That's not based on how you speak. That's not based on which town you live in. You know, we have friends. You and I both have friends that may be in different parts of the world, but they have the same mindset. So my point is you still create a tribe, but you create a tribe that uplifts you, the tribe that actually makes you better, the tribe that when you wake up every day, you say, my life today is better than it was yesterday. Absolutely. I love that. Now, you mentioned making the universe your friend or knowing the universe is your friend. And, you know, I ask this question, maybe not too often on the show, but I ask it from a spiritual perspective. You know, when things are going great in life, it's a lot easier to believe that life is happening for you, right? Versus, you know, life is happening to you, you know, kind of that mindset shift. So when things aren't going so good, what's your advice for individuals tuned into this to be able to understand, like, listen, you know, ebbs and flows, it happens, it's a part of life. This is still working out for you. And I think the way to look at this stuff is, If you want to live, you have to be alive. And what makes you alive is that you have a heartbeat. And what does that heartbeat look like? Up and down and up and down. And when it's smooth, you're dead. So if your life looks like this stable, smooth life, then you're living a life of a dead person. You're living a life of a zombie. When you're living a life that is worth living, it's ups and downs. And when you are down, all you have to do is hunker down and you know the next beat is going to be up. And when you're on top of that beat, never get too arrogant because always remember the winter is coming and winter shall come. Yeah. I'm curious, what has, you know, been the most memorable or maybe not memorable, but the most impactful low moment in your life? Like what, what did you learn from that moment? The low moments are losing my dad to cancer. I mean, not something I, you know, have anyone who, you know, any human being. Loss of a parent is one of the worst things that happened. I guess probably the only worst thing that can happen to a human being is probably the loss of their children. I mean, that's probably the most devastating thing that happens to someone is to lose their children and probably, the, you know, and then your parents. I mean, those are just the absolute worst thing that happens to humanity. So having lost my father to cancer was absolutely my, you know, worst thing that happened. And it actually, as opposed to looking at that thing, why? did God do to me? And I said, what is the God wanted me to do? And it says, you need to focus on making illness optional. You need to focus on why people are dying from cancer. You are the person who should be able to understand what is going on. Why are people getting sick? And go do something about it. So I took that low movement and gave me a drive to go out and do something so audacious to be able to make illness optional. Absolutely. I'm curious to learn if that experience, if you don't mind me asking this, the experience of losing your father, did that strengthen the, the relationship you have with your family members? First of all, we always had an amazingly great relationship. And that's one thing about our family has always been, and it may be part of being uh, for coming from an Eastern culture. Right? In Eastern culture, family is so close. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. I would be lying to you saying, oh, we never have any disagreements. But at the end of the day, family will always stick together. There is never a time, you know, our, we have three amazingly great entrepreneurial kids. And I, I would miss if I didn't mention that. So I'm going to actually, you know, but those three kids are all entrepreneurial, but they never, ever 
in some sense are competing with each other. They are uplifting each other. They are all saying, let me help you with this. Can I help you with this? And they're all saying that they are not succeeding at each other's cost. They are in fact succeeding together because irrespective of what happens, the humanity will be better because of what they are doing, right? So as a father, you can't possibly stop me from talking about them. So I'm going to just do it. Whether you ask me or not ask me, so here you have it. You could ask me, say, hey, so tell me what your kids are doing. So you go ahead and ask me. If not, I'm going to tell you. Anything. Please. No, tell me. Tell me. Let's hear it. So my oldest, who is now 32 years old, is into his third unicorn. He went to Wharton. And when he was 17, he started a Cairo Society. The idea was to bring all of the college kids who want to be an entrepreneur together and bring the mentors for them so that all that all these kids could succeed. And now he's focused all on affordability for his generation. And it's about the mindset. And I'm going to give you an idea how these kids learn to have this mindset. And that's going to come right after this, right? So he thought that every one of us, every one of his friends who was graduating gets a job and they get enough money to be able to rent an apartment. But what they don't have is the money to pay the deposit, the first month, last month security deposit. And he said, that's just screwed up. They all have to ask their parents for money. Instead, what if we, I can create a company that's a $5 a month insurance and this insures the landlord so you don't, there is no deposit anymore. Or you can get your deposit back by paying a $5 a month extra every month. And now you have, you can go move into an apartment. And as he was doing that, it occurred to him that every one of his friends was complaining that I keep giving this money to the rent and I'm not getting anything back for it. And he said, wow, these $500 billion that I spent on rent, what if I can create a loyalty reward and have a credit card where I can convince the MasterCard to not charge any credit card fees so you can put the rent on a credit card. Landlord gets a full money and there is no 2%, 2.5% credit card. And now you have a credit card that you will use for other purposes as well. And that actually allows them to create a business model. Right? Now, every landlord wants this card in the hands of every single renter because they can build a card on, uh, on day one and they get the money on day six, day, day second. Rather than wait until six, seven days to get a check and then they clear on 10. So now they have an advantage. They have an advantage. They get the money right away. Renter loves it because now they have a float for 21 days. They don't want to pay the credit card bill, right? In, and they earn the rewards point every month when they use it for rent. And you can use the reward point to go to you know, airlines, hotel, or use them to actually pay the rent next month. And that company is called Built, B-I-L-T. And you can order that card today. The build is my son. I did not know that was your son. That is incredible. They just had an event in New York City, did they not? They sure did. Were you there? I wasn't there, but a lot of my friends were there. I was there too. It was a wonderful event they did. And that's my, oh, that's my oldest shit. son. That's incredible. And, and my daughter, who is now at 28 years old, went to Stanford. She became a Stanford STEM fellow, Stanford Mayfield fellow. First company she joined was remove, using AI to remove the gender bias. And she just started a year ago her second company, women's health company called Avi, E-V-V-Y. And you probably heard of it. Avi is a women's health company using the vaginal microbiome to actually understand the women's health. Interestingly, she saw that women, women weren't even allowed to be part of the research 20 years ago because they were taught that, you know, these guys have too many hormonal issues and their research study is going to be all messed up. Only men were allowed to be in every drug trial. No women were allowed to be in a drug trial. So every drug that you take today is designed for men. And they just think women are just like men. 
And they all know this. My point is, so she is going out and taking on audacious challenge on women's health. Anyone who's listening to it, you know, if you have a wife, you have a daughter, you have a mother, go out and sign up for Evy. That's evvy.com. Awesome. Right? Our youngest one also went to Stanford and he is a Schwarzman scholar and he started a fintech. So he's now at fintech solving the problem of mortgages where someone goes out and you give the mortgage, his mortgage gets sold, bundles with something gets sold, gets sold again, and you are constantly figuring out who to send the check to. So he completely took care of that problem that is one single entity, you mail the check and they take care of everything else in the back, right? So again, finding a big problem that impacts billions of people and going out and solving that problem. And that's what all three kids did. And that's what makes me so proud of them. That is an absolute beautiful thing. I mean, I have to ask, when going out and solving such big problems, we also have to keep in mind that failure could be a potential outcome. So how do you change your relationship to failure and understand like, okay, you know, that's it's a possibility. So remember, your idea may or may not work. Any idea that does not work is simply a stepping stone to a different idea and a better idea. Thing is, ideas may not succeed, but you only fail when you give up. Everything else is simply a pivot. Right? So you start something that doesn't work and you switch and you pivot and you pivot. I mean, every company that has looked at Twitter, Twitter won't be around. They started as a blogging service that failed and they moved into becoming a Twitter. Right? The point is, it's a pivot that allows us to constantly adapt and change. And failure happens when we say, I give up. And if you don't give up, you can, you can constantly be innovating. Look at Edison. He said, I did not fail 10,000 times. I, in fact, tried 10,000 ideas that gave me the actual thing that actually works. So those are all the experiments I did that did not work, but that is what allowed me to create the light bulb today. Mm, absolutely. Now I'm curious, I'm going to take a step back here. Was yeah. Viome founded because of the loss of your father? So it was actually, I've been you know, looking at focusing on what is the biggest problem facing humanity. So as you know, my previous company was going to the moon, Moon Express is creating a habitat on the moon. And then I realized what's the biggest problem that if I want to dedicate 10, 15 years of my life to, what would that be? And it occurred to me that, you know, there are obviously lots of problems. You can look at education, you can look at agriculture, you look at healthcare. And I'm looking at the healthcare and obviously loss of my dad was one, one reason. I'm thinking, the people who are not dying because they have some infectious disease, and I'm saying that now in the midst of a pandemic sounds making me sound like so uncaring person. But even if you look at loss in the pandemic, this is once in a hundred year problem. I mean, as a humanity as a whole, we have gotten our arms around, you know, since antibiotics, arms around infectious diseases, right? But there is an epidemic of chronic diseases that's killing us. And when I say, you know, chronic diseases, look at diabetes, heart diseases, depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, cancer, and other aging, or even aging is just a chronic disease, right? What if we can prevent and reverse these chronic diseases? That will not only impact billion people, it will improve the life of 7.4 billion people on this planet Earth. And that was my motivation was that how do we do something that's so audacious that will help billions of people live better. And then point was, how do we solve this problem? And I think now it's probably a time for me to give you this uh, framework that every entrepreneur who's listening to it, you want to talk about decoding success right here, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Ask yourself three questions. Why? Why this? Why now? Why me? Why this is really simple. Whatever this problem that you're trying to solve, 
ask yourself, God forbid, I am actually successful in solving this problem. Would it help a billion people live a better life? And the reason you do that is not because you're philanthropic. Of course, it makes you feel good that you're doing something that improves billion people's lives. But you know, anytime you can build any product, any service that improves 1 billion people's life, you can create a $100 billion or $500 billion company. But you don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to create a $100 billion company. What should I do? <laughs> it is making money, creating a successful company is a byproduct of doing things that improve people's lives. Absolutely. Right? Second part, why now? And why now is interesting because you have to ask yourself what had changed in the last one to two years. But more importantly, what do you expect to change in the next three to five years that will allow you to solve this problem at scale in the next three to five years? And this problem couldn't have been solved three years ago. That means, are you using tomorrow's technology to solve tomorrow's problem? Or are you using yesterday's technology to solve tomorrow's problem? Right? So see what technologies are on exponential curve so you can intercept them when things are happening. And that allows you to actually build the problem so you start solving them now, knowing they're too expensive right now, but you know the prices are coming down and three years is going to become so affordable that everyone can have it. And that's what it takes. Not wait until everything is so cheap because there are 100 people that are already taking the market share away from mm. you. Right? The last part is the most important part, which almost every entrepreneur gets it wrong. Why me? Why me is simple. Ask yourself, what questions am I asking that are different from what everyone else in the industry is asking? Because the questions you ask is the problem you solve. Right? So I'm going to give you two examples of that because this is the crux of how to do it right. So my previous company, Moon Express, I mentioned, we tell people that we're going to go settle on the moon. And people say, sure, I give. let's assume you end up going there. Let's assume you can take enough people there. And the question they ask you, so how are you going to grow the food on the moon? When you ask that question, the only solution is to find a way to grow that food on the moon. What if you change the question to ask, why do we eat food? So think like a two-year-old. Every time the dad or mom says something, they say what? Why, dad? Why? So when they say how to grow the food, you say, why do we eat food? Why do we need food? And when you say that, suddenly it changes. Oh, interestingly, because you only need food for two reasons, energy and nutrition. How can we get energy? Plants get energy from photosynthesis. Bacteria who grow up in radioactive nuclear waste get energy from radiation. They have modified their DNA to protect themselves from radiation. What if we can take a genetic material from bacteria, modify ourselves using CRISPR, and not only we become radiation resistant, now we have energy that we get from radiation. Suddenly, in the evening, you say, honey, do you want to go out for a walk, get some radiation? Not, honey, do you want to go out and eat pizza? Right. My point is, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Suddenly, there are 10 more ways of solving the problem than simply finding a way to grow the food. And that is the power of asking a different question. And coming back to Wyoming, I'm going to actually apply all these three things since it's the latest thing, how I applied this to Wyoming, Right. So my first thing was I say was, we are going to build a company whose mission is going to be to prevent and reverse chronic diseases including cancer and aging. Would it help a billion people? Answer was 7.4 billion people, check mark. Why now? We said to solve this problem, three things need to happen. You have to be able to digitize the human body. Cost of sequencing is, when we started six and a half years, so it was about twelve to $1,400. We took a deep breath thinking that's very expensive. 
But we saw it has come down from $10,000, from $100,000, million dollars to, you know, $1,400. We were convinced in the next three to five years, it will come down to $100. Next problem, we said, okay, let's assume it comes down to $100. You still have to process this massive amount of data that you collect. We're not going to have access to supercomputer. We said, wow, their cloud computing is coming along. Let's use cloud computing. So we fired up the clouds and we processed the data cost us about $45 to $48. Took a deep breath thinking, holy shit, that's expensive. We look at the stuff and say, wow, it used to be $200 two years ago. Now it is $45. In the next three to five years, it should come down to $10. It actually came down to buck fifty. but who's counting, right? Next one, even if you have all this data, what about having an AI that is going to be able to crunch all this data to be able to make sense out of it? And there was no doubt in anyone's mind that AI is going to be becoming more and more powerful. And we thought time is to start is now. And next three to five years, the price of this thing is going to be down to a consumer level where Matt can actually go out and buy one and use it for himself. And that was the whole thing. And it actually, we, we absolutely were right on the dot of that. Third part thing is the crux of the issue. Why me? I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any background in healthcare. By the way, I don't have any background in, in aerospace either, start a moon company. I have no computer science degree to start my other company that I did. No background in commerce to do what I did. My point is, I don't have to have a background in anything. In fact, my belief is, if you are good at something, you actually become useless or what I would say incrementalist. You can be 10% better than someone else, but you'll never be 10 times better. To be a 10 times better, you have to be a non-expert challenging the foundation of what every expert has taken it for granted. So coming back to why me, we said, look, everyone in the industry is so fascinated by DNA. Everyone wants to do DNA tests and their genes, what genes I have. That is what really what I inherit from my mom and dad. That makes me who I am. That's what my reason for my getting sick is. I was dealt with the bad cards. That's why I am sick. And it occurred to me that I, I don't understand these genes but I do remember my high school biology very well. I remember that your DNA never changes during your life. So if you do my DNA test today and I gain 400 pounds, my DNA is the same. I become diabetic. My DNA hasn't changed. Then I get heart attack and I die. My DNA hasn't changed. Now you do my DNA test 10 years after I die, it's still the same DNA. You can still do a DNA for a dinosaur. If DNA can't even tell you you're dead or alive, how will it ever tell you you're healthy or sick? It can't be DNA. This They're asking the wrong question. And I go back to my high school biology. What is it that happens after DNA? Well, it comes to RNA. Your genes are expressed into RNA. I'm thinking, holy shit, let's measure gene expression. We're going to go measure RNA. And no one ever told me there's not a single company out in the world that has ever done RNA. But that is the power of naivety. We say, we're going to figure that out. Let's go side, set it aside. Let's assume we can measure RNA. Would that solve the problem? And people say, no, not really. I thought I just solved the world hunger. What else do we need to do? Well, the human body, 100 trillion microbes that live inside us and on us. 100 trillion. Wow. So what do these microbes do? Well, you know, these microbes are now apparently, apparently involved in every single chronic disease. I don't believe that shit. So I start Googling diabetes and microbiome. There is a direct connection. Obesity and microbiome. You take the microbiome from a fat person, give it to a thin person, they become fat. Take it from thin person, give it to a fat person, they become fat. Holy shit. Mm. Now, Alzheimer and microbiome, Parkinson's and microbiome, depression and microbiome, cancer and microbiome, cancer therapy and microbiome. And by the way, you can Google all of that. And I'm thinking, Eureka, I found the problem. It is the microbiome and the human gene expression that's the problem. 
And then it occurred to me, oh my God, if everyone believes the same thing and the 10 companies that are actually testing microbiome, why is this problem not getting solved? Naveen, you must be a complete moron because this can't be the problem. So I scratched my head, went back to my first principle. What question are they asking? And it turns out every single microbiome company to date is still asking the same wrong question. They're trying to find out what microbes are in your gut? What microbes are in Levine's gut? And they thought if they knew what organisms were there, they can tell you why you have a disease. Now, I don't understand these microbiome. I don't understand. I'm not a microbiologist. In my mind, honest to God, Matt, I thought they're like tiny human beings in my body. They're trying to do the shit to me. And I'm thinking, wow, if they're like human beings, that means they could be 10,000 different organisms doing exactly the same thing that's making me sick. So you take two people with diabetes, completely different organism, yet producing exactly the same thing that's making me sick. Or worse yet, you can have the same organism. I can have the same organism. Your gut environment is really nice and they produce something good. And the same organism in my nasty environment produces something toxic. Just like the human being, you take a person, put them in a good environment, good behavior, put them in a bad environment, bad behavior. I'm thinking, mm. that's it. We, we won't be focusing on who they are. We're going to be focusing on what they are producing because that is going to be the crux of the problem for solving the disease. Now, think about it. That's all I concluded, simply not knowing anything. And then I went on a hunt. How the hell to do it, right? Long story short, went through all the national labs, different university, different NASA centers, and found the technology sitting at Los Alamos National Lab, where they spent 10 years developing it for a biodefense project to protect our country against the bioweapon. Convinced them to actually let me take that technology to help the humanity live better. And someday when we have more time, I'll tell you how I convinced them got an exclusive perpetual license to the technology and it started wildfire. Now, now I can tell you every single gene that's expressed in the human being. I can tell you exactly what microbes are doing. And then we started a company. Now we have analyzed over 350,000 samples. An amazing thing happened. Now we can not only tell you, as you probably did the test, what's your biological age? What is, that tells you how well you're taking care of your body. How, what is your immune health? What is your cellular health? What's your mitochondrial health? What's your gut health? And then we don't say, good luck. We tell you what to do. We tell you, here are the foods you should not eat, and here is why. We saw, Matt, that your sulfide production in your gut is too high. And it needs sulfate. That means you shouldn't be eating broccoli or cabbage or Brussels sprouts. We're noticing that your oxalate metabolism is not good. So don't eat spinach. Even though Popeye told you spinach is healthy, I'm telling you it's not healthy for you because it contains a lot of oxalate that's going to end up becoming in kidney stone. We're noticing that you have a lot of ammonia that is being produced. And that's coming from fermenting the protein. That means you're eating too much protein that's not being digested. So either cut down the protein or take a digestive enzyme with your protein. And then we tell you, hey, don't take vitamin B3 right now. And if hope you're not taking it because your uric acid production is too high. Don't take cur curcumin or turmeric right now because your bile acid production is too high. Don't take NAD, NMN, which are all precursor to NAD, thinking you're going to live for a long time. It is actually going to harm you because your cellular senescence is too high and your inflammation is too high. And by the way, you do need 22 milligram of elderberry. You do need 28 milligram of berberine. You do need 79 milligram of amylase. And you have a capsule. Guess what happens? We tell you every vitamin you need, minerals, herbs, digestive enzyme, food extract, amino acids, probiotics, prebiotics. And we make them for you individually, made to order. 
we think of it like a compounding pharmacy, robotic compounding pharmacy. We say, order for MET coming up, go to bin number 23, get 22 milligram of that. Go to bin number 27, get 18 milligram of that. Take the powder, shake it up, put them in a capsule and sell it to MET. No pre-made stuff, right? Now, here is something I'm going to share with you, Matt, that I, no one knows yet. So this is the breaking news for you. In the next six weeks, we're going to launch a new product. It's going to be called Full Body Intelligence. That's going to not only measure your gut and your blood, you're going to also add saliva now. So we're going to be looking at the oral microbiome and what your human genes are doing in your saliva. So now you're going to be able to see top of the tube. Remember, there is a tube that goes through us, right? Our, we are just like a donut. We're like a donut, there is a tube that goes through us. So we're going to measure your top of the tube, bottom of the tube, and the other side of the tube. And then we take all this information, and now we're going to give you even more information. So now in the next test, you'll be able to give, see your oral health, your gum health, your teeth health, your bad breath health, and your cardiac health, your heart health, your metabolic health. And next thing we're going to give you is your brain and cognitive health, all your neurotransmitters, everything that's going on. And now your, your precise recommendations are getting even more precise. Now you know more. So I'm going to give you a quiz. Did your mom ever tell you to eat slowly and chew your food? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Why did she tell you that? Was she a scientist? No, she was probably telling me to slow down because I eat, I eat way too fast, but she probably didn't want me to choke. That is the wrong answer because mm. it's not. So my mom always told me, Eat slowly and chew your food. Not because you want to make the food smaller, but you're going to get it stuck in your throat. The reason is your saliva has more types of microbiome, more species of microbiome than actually in your gut. In your gut, there are 40 times more, more bacteria and viruses and fungi and mold, but the more types of microbiome in your mouth. When you slowly eat, you're allowing the saliva to mix with the food. It's allowing the microbiome in your saliva pre-process your food, pre-digest your food. So when it goes down, the body can actually absorb the nutrients. Mm -hmm. So people who eat fast, guess what happens? They can't absorb the nutrients, right? Because so it's not been pre-processed, the food, right? And that is the thing. So now we'll be able to analyze all of that, including your gut. And other thing that has happened in the healthcare is people think of our human body as somehow these individual parts, and you put them together, you become one human body. And they somehow they just happen to be there. And what we don't realize is they all are interconnected. What happens in our mouth, in our oral microbiome? Saliva keeps going down. It's impacting our gut. What happens into our gut is actually now being absorbed in our blood. It changes our human gene expression. It changes our inflammation. Right. So we measure all your inflammatory markers in your blood, all the cytokines, every, and that is what Viome does. Now imagine having done this for about 350,000 people, constantly every week we hear mad from people, my acne is gone. I no longer have eczema. I've lost weight. I sleep better. I have better mood. I don't have depression or anxiety symptoms anymore. And people are telling us that, you know, they had constipation, bloating. They used to have always these stomach ache. That is gone. And I keep thinking, I could have never imagined when I was young that I'm going to ever be in a healthcare industry. Even 10 years ago, I would have never imagined I was going to be doing this. And a guy who had no background in science or medicine is going out and changing people's life every day. And that to me is a life worth living.
Absolutely. This is beautiful. I, I have a lot of questions. I love Viome, by the way. I just received the supplements, I want to say, maybe two weeks ago. So I've been taking the precision supplements, the prebiotic, yeah. probiotic for about two weeks now. But let me ask you these questions before they slip my mind. Now, yeah. as an entrepreneur and as a human in general, we're going to run yeah. into challenges, right? Without a doubt. So when you were asking yourself those three questions and you checked the box and you said, you know what, this is going to impact 7.4 billion people. The only thing is with that, you're going to run into challenges such as shipping to New York, for instance, right? Which yeah, yeah. right now is sure. una- you're unable yeah. to do so. How do you navigate that, right? So point is, there are always going to be regulatory challenges you're going to always have. But those are the ones what I would call solvable problems, right? So if you think about Uber, when Uber started, they said, there's no way they're going to allow that because taxi industry will never allow that. Guess what? When consumer wants something, the laws change. Airbnb was against the law. You couldn't rent your place because there was going to be a hotel. It completely changed the industry. People never thought you could build a rocket and reuse it. It's not like a damn airplane, right? People thought rockets were one time, you blow them up and they're done. And people thought they could build a reusable rocket. We're doing them now. The point I'm trying to make is that, yes, hopefully we'll be able to start shipping in the next 30 days. We're working with the New York right now as we speak and in fact just answer the last question and hoping this could be it, right? But point is you can't take a small challenge and say that means I'm not going to do it. And you say, you know what? We will cross that bridge when we get there. I may not be able to impact all 7.4 billion people today, but I'm going to start with 1 million. I'm going to go to 10 million. I'm going to go to 100 million. I'm going to go to billion. And you know what? By that time, I would have figured out everything I need to figure out to be able to go to 2, 3, 5, and 7.4 billion people. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the data that you yeah. receive from the test on Viome, yeah. how accurate is it based off of the 350,000 plus people that have uh, been a consumer? So when you say the data, you mean the molecular data that we are collecting or the data that we get? So... I'm referring to specifically when I pull up my Viome app, my my bio, yeah, my scores, my biological age yeah. is six years yeah. younger than my yeah. actual age. Yes, by the congratulations, that's good for you. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, mine is ten years younger, so that that's good. That's very good. That's very good. How accurate is that information? Uh, that's hundred percent. It's extremely accurate, and let me tell you how we calculate that. Right. So the way we calculate that is really really simple. We take the biomarkers of your gut your blood, and now saliva. And then we say, for every single person, these are the people who look like they are 17 years old. These are the people who biomarkers for 18 years old. These are biomarkers for 20, 21, and every single age. Now we have all these people for different age. So now when you come along, we say, oh, now we have your biomarkers. Do they look like the person who is 55, 45, 35, 20? And that's literally, we say, you are like these people. And that's how we get to biological age. Now that we have so much data, we can place you where you are. And I think, you know, to some extent, we published the data, by the way, it is the best biological age clock ever developed. And it's published in the uh, preprint magazine right now, uh, peer review in Cell Magazine. It's one of the Cell Magazines, right? And to me, that shows you that not only these are accurate, they're designed to look at everything, every gene that's expressed in the human blood. Right? So we're looking at all your cytokines, your mitochondria, every single mitochondrial gene expression, all of your microbial gene expression, and then combining them all together to say, this is what your biological age is. What is your immune health? Which means how well are you protected? God forbid you got to catch cold or flu. And then we're going to talk about C words so that the C disease. Right. No, I get it. I definitely get it. Now, in regards to individuals that are consumers of Viome, 
any feedback that the organization has been given, how long has it taken for individuals to see results or improvements in their life? So we see that most people who are on supplements see the results in three to four months. In fact, we did a study on people who were taking our supplements on and people who were not taking our supplements. And we showed that everyone scores improved just with food. For the people who took food and supplements, their score improved significantly more than the people food alone. And here's the best part. And then we took the clinical score. We said, good, the people feel better, but are they clinically getting better? So we compared the people that score one on day one and 123 days later. And we saw the IBS clinical score measured by SS, IBS SSS came down by 40%. Their diabetes score came down by HbA1c by 30%. The depression score came down by 36% and the anxiety score GAD7 came down by 32%, right? And point is, these are clinical validated results. And obviously, we have hundreds of thousands of people. We did a survey of 17,500 people who have done multiple tests and asked them what changed between the two tests. Everyone told us at least two of the things improved for them. They sleep better. They have more energy. They have less brain fog, they have lost weight, they have better mood, and they have better digestive symptoms. So these are all the different things. Or people whose skin is better. They say, look, I had my you know, eczema, acne. We call them different diseases. And just because we can name them, we think we can tame them. But the answer really is the chronic inflammation in your body pops up in different places. Eczema is just inflammation inside your body. All these things are just the chronic inflammation. And when you reduce the inflammation, many of these diseases just seem to disappear. Absolutely. Listen, I could speak firsthand. I have very much so enjoyed my experience thus far. And I find it very interesting because as you alluded to earlier, you know, we're, we're taught spinach. Popeye says spinach is great for us. There were many things that I need to avoid or, you know, don't eat or at least minimize from the findings of the test results. For instance, I love beet juice. I love drinking beet juice, but beets aren't good for me. Another thing was protein, right? Lamb is a superfood for me. In fact, I actually just had lamb chops right before this call, you know? So I find it to be very interesting and I'm I'm very grateful to be able to amplify it because what you've created is tremendous. And I I very much so believe in what you're doing. How did you you find out about Vio and how would you tell other people to be able to find out about Vio? So I found out about Viome from Mori. Shout out to Mori. Really? Yeah. I found out about Viome from Mori and I looked into it and then I, I realized I live in New York City. So I, yeah. I realized yeah. that yeah. as I was going yeah. through the checkout process yeah. that I wasn't yeah. able to ship it to my house. So I did a little back door and I shipped it to New Jersey and then I went to go, you know, I had it delivered to me from New Jersey. But yeah, I also saw it on social media. I saw you posting about it. You know, I, I saw Damon posting about it recently. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you guys do a live together. So it's incredible stuff. You know, it's really interesting that, you know, Paris Hilton is talking about us, Tom Hopper is talking about us, and we don't pay them by them. All these people are all do it because they benefit from it. You know, Paris talks about it, how her, she has more energy now, and she feels better now than she ever did, and that she's getting ready to have a baby, right? So my point is, our customers are our biggest champion. When they get better, they buy it for the whole family. What's interesting is we spend very little money on our paid ads. It's all organic. Every one of our customers, in fact, buys it from everyone. I was just at a dinner, honestly, about eight people at dinner. Four of them were customer, other four bought because the four people are telling, this is just awesome. Yeah. 
It is. It is. It's a tremendous product and it's personalized, right? I mean, I took a multivitamin supplement for years and the difference in energy, not even just energy, but like you alluded to, less anxiety symptoms, more clear thoughts, less brain fog. Like that's very real. So, so glad we're able to do this. I want to try and squeeze two more questions out of you though, Naveen. Yeah. First one is, I know that you do podcasts rather often. You're, you're on Instagram lives with Damon and beyond. What's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? I think, you know, to a large extent, very few people ever ask me about what makes me happy, what gives me the greater source of happiness, right? And I think you already got that answer is that despite everything I've done in my life, my biggest source of happiness actually still are my children and watching them actually do these amazingly great things as an entrepreneur to solve bigger and bigger problems. And I don't can't imagine there is anything else that gives me a more satisfaction, more enjoyment than to actually see them succeed and do things that things that I wish I could do and the things I could have done when I was their age. And I really think that, you know, as our daughter is running Abby and really hoping to improve the lives of, you know, at least 3.75 billion people, half the population, <laughs> that is, you know, that's a tremendous, uh, you know, joy that I get from her or what uncle is doing with Bill, our son is doing with Ballard, our youngest one. And that to me is really, nobody ever asked me that. And I always love talking about the greatest happiness that I get from them. Absolutely. You're a proud dad and you, you definitely should be. That's a beautiful thing. I know I need to let you go, so I'm going to squeeze this out of you. But I also want to let everyone know that I'm going to have links to Viome, links to your socials, websites, all of that good stuff will be in the show notes. I just wanted to throw that out there. But one last question for you here, Naveen. If you live to whatever year you want to live to, you accomplish all you want to accomplish, you impact the 7.4 billion people, everything on your bucket list is checked off, but yeah. you could only be remembered for one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? I would say, you know, a great father who uh, believed in solving problems that most people thought weren't solvable. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's a beautiful thing. And Naveen, thank you again for this opportunity to be able to amplify your message. I could talk to you for the rest of the day because I still have a million and one questions. We'll have to do it again, but I just want to express gratitude. Thanks thank you lot. so much. Thank you. And we'll talk again soon. You have just listened to the Decoding Success Podcast featuring Naveen Jane. And with that being said, in the beginning of the show, we had alluded to the two tracks that individuals may fall on, those that have really grandiose ideas and just don't feel the support from the people around them, and maybe the people with the grandiose ideas that just don't feel the belief that it's possible within themselves. After this episode, I really want to hear from you to understand what you think is possible now after talking to an individual like Naveen, who is conquering mankind's problems, company after company after company. It is incredible to see what he is doing, what he is growing, what he is building, and the amount of people he is impacting with his work. Beyond that, I am sure that you felt a level of impact through this conversation. So again, I just want to reiterate the importance of making sure that you're sharing this episode with the people that are in your life. There may be someone in your life right now that needs to hear the exact words that came through your headphones, your car, your phone, however you listen to this, making sure that you're sharing this can make a true impact on them just the way Naveen did right here on this episode of Decoding Success. So make sure you're sharing it with those people. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.